and welcome to Age of Geek, the podcast. I'm Marley. And I'm Steph. I'm Colin. I'm Robert. We kind of did it in order. Yeah, yes. Yeah, we a little bit. The other way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yay. Well, I'm excited to have all of you here with me on my podcast. And um, wow, I'm just podcast, huh? I know. I'm trying to pull a right. Steph. I'm trying to pull a Steph. She does this every time with cutscenes and cupcakes. How dare you? Every time. How dare you? And <laughs> I yeah, I, I wanted to have the this um, episode with all of you guys, this this conversation, this discussion, whatever you want to call it, about The Last of Us HBO series, season one recap. I have been looking forward to this, and I know you guys have too. Um, ever since it, like, I, I think, didn't, I, Steph, I think you tried to, like, be like, oh, we should do this, and we're like, it hasn't ended yet or something. Didn't that happen? Was I supposed to finish the season by now? Oh my gosh. I know you finished it. You texted me. Got all the homework. <laughs> does uh, does Ellie survive? That's all I wonder. And does no, Sarah come back? Oh my gosh. Third. Sorry, too soon. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yes, I this this TV show I was particularly excited about because it's based off of um one of and probably my top um, favorite video game, The Last of Us. Um, it's a Naughty Dog production written and created by Neil Druckmann, which he had a huge part, a huge hand in making the TV series as well, which I really appreciate when they bring in like the original creators to help like make the show. And I think him and so is him, Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin, who are like the showrunners for this series. Um, and they also had like a podcast about it. Like they HBO just like went all out for this, you guys. I and I think it was advertised really well. Um, I don't know about you guys. I mean, well, Robert, you haven't. I'm pretty sure you haven't played the games, right? That is correct. So uh, how did what? I, okay, I want to start off by asking this question to you. Then, what about this show was like? What what drew you to it? How, having known nothing about the game or anything like that hearing all of my friends who had played the game you know the hype that they had going into it was like oh this is going to be incredible they were they were very hopeful but they said that if they followed the storyline faithfully that you know they were really hopeful to see what it could be done in a cinematic form or in a long form uh, television program and it has you know space dad in it so how can it go wrong <laughs> wait so did you watch it on premiere night like episode one or no, did you I wait? Did I you... I was a couple of typically been a couple of days late until like the middle few episodes, and then it was pretty much uh, like later that night that they premiered, uh, except for the Friday episode when the oh, Super Bowl yeah. was on. So I caught that one, um, but the finale, for example, I was I think I think it was two days after it aired that yeah because it aired the same night as the Oscars. <laughs> No, I'll take that back. I and mean, I did watch it Oscar night, so I did watch it last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Which, which, like viewership, like the numbers for this show, even like premiere night, and even throughout the whole nine weeks, and including Oscars night, like it just like it hit all the records. Like, it, isn't it the second besides um, House of Dragon? Isn't it like the second highest 
in views or something I like that on each past that oh did it i did thought it? that it did Ooh. i think initially I it didn't but i wonder if it has since then since you know more people have now watched it especially especially after hearing like everyone talking about it <laughs> i'm curious if for a zombie video game tv show if you were surprised by the lack of zombies in this show robert oh good question <sighs> Yes and no. Um, yes, in the sense that, for like you said, for a zombie show, where the zombies. But I think that following the characters and having the zombies be more environmental and just this is the world we live in. Um, it's but it was better for me at least than say, The Walking Dead, which I stopped after, I think four seasons because I was just like, well. What time's the zombie showing up? Okay, there it is. Here we go. <laughs> and this one was more, there's always the threat of, you know, uh, an infected showing up or, you know, a human roving band of raiders showing up. But it was more the interaction between Joel and Ellie that carried the show. And it was nice to see that, you know, like the episode, uh, I think it was episode five or six where they were in Kansas City and you see the horde of the infected. It's like, oh, they're all over just to kind of show that for the scenes of like episode two in Boston, when they're trying to find a path to the, to the um, legislation building. And, you know, they look out and there's infected all in the street. And you're like, okay, let's just not go there, please. Or go there and make the show very interesting. <laughs> but it was, in, it's, it's interesting to have a show about an infected monster race that you don't see every single minute and right. it still works see i i think i think it could they could have done more with the zombies like even just a little bit more or i mean sure we didn't have to have it for every episode but even just like making sequences like maybe a little bit longer instead of short-lived or anything um especially like because when we got to episode five with that giant horde that just streamed out of the ground for one thing that never happens in the game they don't they've never done that where they just you know there's just like a huge swarm of them like that mm -hmm. however because we had such like a severe lack of infected up until that point except for like a small awesome moment in episode two i like i, I cheered i was like so happy i'm like yes we finally get them like come on and it was it was a really incredible scene I thought I like, this is was... the dichotomy of you've got that to build on. And this is one of those rare pop culture instances that I'm going into at coal. Right. So I have no preconceived notion at all, which is, which is also just kind of weird for me because that almost never happens. <laughs> so to go into it and go, Oh, this is interesting and not have the expectation of somebody who played the game, for example, to, to, you know, go, mm -hmm. well, they didn't do it this way in the game. This is, I consider this better or worse. You know, I, for me, I enjoyed the fact that it was more of a, the, the persistent threat, but not always right in your face. Right. Last um, last year at FanX, we did a panel called The Humans Were the Monsters All Along, and it didn't go as planned. Um, but that's this a different was, story. That's a different story. <laughs> this um, game was one of our biggest, one of the main focus, I would say, of that trope where, yeah, there is this overall zombie presence. I, I know that 
they've clarified they're not zombies they're infected i will use it interchangeably i am sorry i'm not a purist i'm fine <laughs> i don't care <laughs> that's okay we refer to them as mushroom zombies here so it's fine that's i mean that is accurate <laughs> but yeah it, there's always this threat of being infected but that's not the horror of this horror game and tv show the horror is definitely the humans and what happens after mm -hmm. and what do you do after an apocalypse what do you do after after the world has ended in this sense yeah it's, it's all about choices and who you want to be for sure i i honestly the first <clears throat> sorry i i have a bit of a cold so i'm trying not to cough in front of you guys but the first few episodes, I actually, I really enjoyed. However, I had a hard time seeing where they were going to be going with the show. And um, one of our, one of our friends, um, oh, you actually met him, Robert. It's our friend, Brian, who was on yes. the, um, what episode was that? It was the Blight Superheroes You Should yeah. Know show. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, yeah, so I was talking to Brian because he's a huge fan of the games as well. And pretty much like after every episode, we were like texting, being like, what do you think? <laughs> and um, early on, him and I were both like, it's it's hard to see where this show is going to go because we're so used to like it's being like a journey in the game where you have to get from point A to point B and there's obstacles along the way. And a lot of those obstacles are nameless, faceless bad guys or infected. And you do a lot of pew, 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 climb over stuff, keep going, you know, and, it's, and find ammo. There's a lot of dying <laughs> and, and looting and finding yeah. supplies and ammo and stopping to, you know, check for stuff or yeah, there was to no stop and like bandages in the TV show. Come on now. Okay. There was one workbench. I think it was in the last episode and he like walked right past it. And I'm like, Joel, upgrade your gun. <laughs> in the last episode, there was like some, like, yeah. some of the rigging, like personal yeah. rigging done to it. I'm like, Hey, yeah. But anyway, so I, I just, like I said, I had a, it, I had a hard time at first because again, I wanted to see more of that, like, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Like that process. And they just, they, they had to kind of take it out. But like the more the series went along, the more I kind of forgot I had that feeling initially, you know what I mean? Because it just ended up being like so much more and we didn't really need that. Because again, like if I want that, I'll just go pop in the game and play it. It's uh, that's the media. That's the different source that I, I that you can do that with the medium. I mean, not media, medium. But I don't know. It's 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 really interesting though. So I'm I like hearing what everybody um, thinks, especially you, Robert, where where you haven't played the games and you don't have that prior history. Info, yeah. yeah. Well, should we start? I think they did a good job, like early on, showcasing, um, like after um, after Tess is gone, uh, and Joe and Ellie uh, come across the uh, the uh, cache of oh, items that mm -hmm. that he hid, and kind of show him like scavenging around there. Yeah, it kind of shows a little bit of of the looting and like yeah, they give you bits and pieces. Yeah. And I appreciated those. Or even like in episode two, 
when he's struggling to reload his gun with more ammo. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> because you've been there. You've been there crouched behind a thing as the clicker is trying to find you and you're trying to reload and you're like, Joel, go faster. <laughs> Um, but yes, let's, let's kind of get into it and kind of go, uh, episode by episode and to see what we all think. So episode one is when you're lost in the darkness and we get to meet one of like the best characters of the whole show right off the bat. And that Sarah. is Sarah. <laughs> she it is was, very sweet. So it was really yes, heartbreaking please. knowing that she was going to die. Wait, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. You, yeah, you probably didn't know that in the first episode. Yeah, no. were you shocked <laughs> knowing Sarah was going to die? And you're like, oh, I like this girl. Please don't die. And the whole time, when she, the neighbors start getting infected, and she goes in to check on them, you're like, don't. you're like, no. Sarah, stop. stop. So does that happen in the, in the game? Do you, no, do you follow Sarah no at all in the game? Yes, but there's no neighbors. Okay. There's not like a thing like that, but yeah, you do start off playing as Sarah in the mm -hmm. game. Yeah, that was that was most definitely a well, yeah, that just happened a moment, mm -hmm. and just like, uh, and where do we go from here? <laughs> yeah, totally unexpected. Um, and I think that it kind of shocks you about this is this world now, where you know to come to, to compare it to a. Uh, the other one, zombies, Walking, Walking Dead, Dead. Walking Dead. <laughs> that one, um, where you don't. I never really had a sense with, especially like Rick or some of the other protagonists, like they're not going to die. I never had that feeling that that you know is this it is this it. And they did shock us with a couple in that, uh, even in the first season. But this mm -hmm. happened in the first ten minutes or so. It was like, nope, I was completely blindsided by it and was like i'm curious to see what this does to joel and actually mm -hmm. they they showed that pretty quickly that joel just kind of shuts down to, to a large degree and kind of just like just do what i've got to do to survive and you're like okay well that's who he is now yeah and i, I anyone can see it but like especially as a parent you know you would like put your life in front of your kid at any cost. Yeah. And, and that so was another you, thing. Yeah. You see it happening. You just like, it, yeah. Tears. I knew, I knew it was coming and tears. I know. I kept like thinking, are they going to do it different this time? Like, are they going to maybe <laughs> change it? And then when they were doing the whole like sequence, cause they, they were pretty on par from, cause they're, I mean, in the beginning of a video game, there's usually a lot of cut scenes and they're the cutscenes they did almost like frame by frame, word by word, exact. And even like the shot, I loved, I loved how when they were driving, I shouldn't say like I love these things because it's a sad thing. <laughs> they're running from their home. They're they're trying to escape and they don't know what's gonna happen. But and it's very sad, but they're in their car and like Sarah's in the back seat, and you can see her kind of like looking out a window, looking out a window, and like you're seeing kind of things from her perspective. And that's like how it was in the game. Like you're like in the back seat with her, watching stuff as they're driving into town, and then they crash and they have to get out and all of that. So that that was really cool to see it all play out. I think it's nice when you have. An adaptation of a 
medium that you've enjoyed, loved, played through, read, whatever, and they put those touches in to go, we're not forgetting about you. We're doing something a bit different, but we haven't forgotten about you. I mean, I know that, for example, with the Marvel movies, you know, with some of the storylines that they'll pull some of the most uh, minute details from a comic that I've read and put it into a scene in the movie. You're just kind of like, oh, that thing, that thing right there. Yes, they did the thing. Little and, Easter eggs for the people. Yeah, and all the Easter eggs are just fantastic, you know, bonuses. And for somebody who hasn't played the game, it was more for me just the whole emotional trauma of, well, the neighbors are not neighbors anymore. We're, we're fleeing everything that we know, what's going on. And Joel trying to... Um, reassure Sarah that everything's going to be okay. We're going to, you know, we'll be fine. Even after she would twist her ankle and he's like, like, I'll carry you. We'll, we'll get through this. And then it's like, no, that's not going to play out well. And yeah. Yeah. And the, the, just the, the buildup that I was not expecting to be quite that tense watching the first 10 minutes of a show. <laughs> uh-huh. it was like, wow. They, it, it totally got me. I saw I mean, someone on Facebook that was like, the first episode was really like tricky for me. I had high anxiety. Do you think I should watch the rest of the season? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I know what's coming. It doesn't get easier here on out. No. no. And like, but what a way to start off a show though. Like, just like, hey, this is what, this is the kind of stuff that you are getting into and what mm. you can expect from here on out. And yeah in a way it kind of maybe helps prepare a little bit to know like Robert no did it help you uh, at all did you no i mean setting the, i mean that's that's a pretty hard tone to set right off the right out of the gate and looking at actually i think it did help set the tone in watching and getting to see Joel in the first few minutes of the you know 20 years later sequence when he's working in the mass graves and he's just, I'm just doing a job and I'm just here, but there's no expression. No, you know, if he takes his mask down, no expression, no emotion, just I'm here, I'm doing this. I'm getting through my day and his interactions with the, uh, the cop even were just like, you know, we, we had an agreement. This is what we agreed on. This is going to happen. This is not going to happen. And it's, everything is now just, it is strictly business. And mm-hmm. that, you can see directly out of I've spent 20 years trying to put the ghost of my daughter to rest and then getting saddled with pseudo daughter. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not true. Cargo. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, the first few scenes of the show are Sarah dying, uh, that, that kid walking in and being euthanized. Mm-hmm. And Perfume. then a faction this is adler yeah a faction where they're hanging people for not following the rules and then this woman getting beat the hell out of mm-hmm. like yeah we're, they, they're definitely they didn't, setting a tone they didn't pull the punch and i will take the pun on that one <laughs> because it, was, it wasn't just because it wasn't just physical punches like tess took it was emotional just heart-wrenching gut punches that they put on you and you're just like well I get eight more episodes of this. Yay. Yeah, this is going to be a great, good time. And it's all all the more reason that, like, I'm skipping ahead tiny, tiny bit for a second. It's, like, all the more reason that 
there's such a contrast between the community of Jackson and Boston's QZ. And they actually, they actually touch on that in that HBO podcast. And they're like, yeah, like we wanted to really show like, it's such a stark difference and how like life can be in like that type of community and how people can be happy and survive and thrive. Whereas in those like QZs where it's very like, uh, what's the, what's the word? I don't know politic terms, you guys. It's not anarchy. Anarchy? Is that kind of? Because they're following the martial law. Martial law. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, life under martial law under FEDRA. And then you have on on the outskirts of society, uh, the fireflies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're trying to, they are the, they wouldn't necessarily call themselves anarchists or terrorists. They would call themselves freedom fighters. Yeah, like revolutionists. And it's it's not that they're necessarily (laughs) wrong, but the structure had been set up with the federal government and the FEDRA as the enacting body. Um, And we see, you know, different aspects, not just between Boston and Jackson, but also in Kansas City to jump ahead Mm, again. That's true. And that's the complete opposite side of what happens when the the government um, response is isn't isn't followed, isn't taken well, and is overthrown, and it's it's you know martial law again, but under the anarchist rule or the, yeah. the freedom fighters rule, mm-hmm. and it's the extreme of what the fireflies to me were trying to do. It's like we don't really trust the government what they've done so far. I mean they've kept some order but they've done some really jacked up stuff but then you get to Kansas City you're just like oh you're those people got it <laughs> yeah exactly speaking of our favorite fireflies we get introduced to Marlene played by Merle Dandridge who is also the voice actress from the TV or from the game oh so yeah that was so they fun. got the same one and she even did the, the motion capture too for Marlene so I, I saw that interview like at the very end of that episode and they were talking to her for a brief moment and she was just like so happy like that she got to be a part of it and even like play her same role. Hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. But yes, we get introduced to Marlene and we also get to meet Ellie and we're immediately introduced to her as just kind of this grumpy teenager <laughs> and... <laughs> We don't, I mean, we know what's going on, but like, you don't really know what's going on. <laughs> and why, no <laughs> why is she handcuffed? And they're testing her to make sure she's not infected and she's passing all the tests. And um, she's kind of being a, a brat to everybody. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they're not being super great to her, but. And yeah. coming into the cold, coming into a cold, it was like, that's weird yeah you're probably like this is the girl that's supposed that we're supposed to like yeah it's like why why are they keeping her holed up and chained up to a radiator and and making her count yep which those seems like those seem like really weird tests to do to tell if someone's infected or not well the stabilization test i get yeah that one i get because i could see where the the motor control being controlled by the fungus would be very jerky because it takes over their brain the cordyceps feet like goes straight to your brain and it affects you yeah 
there and it lives there. And so, yeah, your motor function and even your, probably your speech as well and your ability to count. count. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I thought that was, that was definitely an interesting aspect as well. Um, but yeah, I was, I was so happy when, when Joel and Tess finally met up with them. I mean, it was a little bit different circumstances, but it got the point from point A to B in a very quick manner, because like in the game, it takes a lot longer to get there, but you're also kind of in tutorial mode a little bit still. It's like one of the first times Joel gets a gun in the game and you have to learn how to use it. <laughs> um, but I was fine that they skipped a lot of that and just went straight to it. Um, but then, so then basically Marlene, yeah, she convinces Joel and Tess to, to help transport Ellie cause she's special. And then we get into episode two. I mean, or I don't know, I guess, is there anything else with episode one you guys wanted to cover before we kind of go into two? Um, going back to Joel and the cop getting mm. out of the city. Oh, that's where he true. To, where he gets, yeah. you know, they, he runs into him as they were coming out and he's the cops kind of like, Hey, what are you doing here? What are they doing here? And then, you know, he, Joel has the first reaction moment of, of responsibility as like a parent, a pseudo parent at this point when he threatens Ellie and he just, and Joel just goes off and just starts beating down the cop. Just like, okay, is he going to kill him? Yeah. And and it's like okay nope, and this is a lot of for what for me at least for my interpretation was a lot of the repressed anger from uh, when Sarah died, like yeah. this this guy pointed a gun and I lost my daughter and it's been twenty years without her and you're not going to do it again, and he just you know hulks out on the guy. Yeah, well and it's interesting. Well, and then you have the oh, yeah. you have the other side of that too where. Um, where you see the almost kind of smile from Ellie uh, as far as like, oh, wow, this guy is like beating up this guy for me. Yeah, well, she's watching. watching out for me. And and you kind of get in that moment that she's a lot different than how everyone else would react in that moment. Hmm. Well, especially the contrast in the very first episode when Sarah was watching um, Joel kill the neighbor as the neighbor was running at them. She like freaked out and was like crying and yeah. like, what did you do to, to, I don't even remember the neighbor's name. Um, but back to that cop though, that he beat up and killed. It's, it is interesting too. And I noticed they did this several times throughout the series. They humanized the enemy because um, in the game, that was just some guard that he just killed that you just threw stealth and you just need to get past him in order to keep going. And, and like the whole thing with them, like getting caught by the guard and like testing to see if they're infected. And then they even test Ellie and then she like knocks it out of their hand and all of that. And then they later see that she was marked as infected and then test freaks out, you know, anyways, that whole thing does happen, but it is, it's interesting how they like gave us, a little bit of background like it was very brief but they gave us something with this guard so it just it made that scene i think even more impactful this whole show um <laughs> made me think about the at the 
ethicality, ethical, the eth ethics of having children in an apocalypse situation. Um, and if it's right to bring kids, and that's not what I want to talk about, I feel, but you can see how kids brought up in these kinds of situations, they see these violence and it's really normalized for them. And these horrors aren't as horrific as it would be if it were our, like our kids going into this world because it's just normal everyday stuff. And so you can really see that with Ellie where it's just, uh, this is just going to be part of our life. And at that point, not that we know it, she's already killed somebody and her, she's already killed her best friend. So yeah, it really, the whole time I'm like, Oh Lord, I don't know if I could have a child, if I could bring forth a child and present them to this. Yeah, no, it's, it, there's so many like questions like that, that shows like this, or even like apocalypse or dystopian type shows, like make you question like everything, you know, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, get into episode two, which is called infected. And this, this episode, um, I actually really enjoyed this one because for one thing, we got to see clickers and, I, I love the tidbits that they threw in with some of these actors that they chose for certain things in this throughout the whole show. But the actors who played the clickers, they like purposely, like they, the people that wanted to do it, they played the game and like know how like clickers move and everything. So they wanted to make sure that they like kept true to that. Um, so yeah, Ellie, Tess and Joel are trying to meet up with the fireflies at like another part of town. And in order to get there, they have to cut through some buildings. And that's when they run into some clickers in that old museum. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I loved that because again, like it felt like we were in the game and we were watching them go through this historical um, museum. And again, like I did the thing where like Joel was walking into the room and I'm like, okay, Joel, look for ammo. <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't do that. And I was like, okay, well, there could have been ammo over there on that table. Is it not flashing and showing you? But um, what did you guys think about the clicker scene? Well, you get introduced to the fact that there's like a channel Oh my gosh. The clicker channel where they're all connected. Yeah, the, the fungal network. Which yes. isn't necessarily isn't in that isn't in the game. Mm -mm. But I I I don't feel like it I feel like it was a fine additive. Uh, it kind of adds a little bit of like your never safeness to the situation. And you do do the you get to see some of the stealthiness that you try. I'm I'm horrible at stealth in video games. <laughs> And so I try to do stealth and then I mess up and then you have to go ham. So I felt, I felt that through this episode. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Um, I enjoyed seeing, uh, learning about the, the fungal network and, you know, touch one here and one, you know, a mile away will find out where you are or that something happened. I thought that was a neat, it was a neat touch for something that, you know, for all of my other previous infected zombie rage infected things just like you make the noise and they all know where you are so it's not even that it's the you touch the wrong thing and this now means your entire world is a dangerous place to exist because you don't if you if you are going through blindly and don't know what not to touch or where not to go you could be you know five minutes from 
a horde just swarming you and attacking you know like that that was fascinating to me mm-hmm. i definitely think it was a interesting change up with how that all was because it it was supposed to be like spores in the air mm-hmm. and they had to wear like gas masks and everything but ellie didn't have to wear a gas mask but she did for appearances <laughs> but then we'd have to cover up joel's pretty face yep i think we've that... already got a show that does that so i mean you can't do that yeah. all, every show i know right i think that is like the they're not going to admit it but i think that is the reason why they chose to change it because <laughs> they can't awesome. cover their faces also in this episode, we find out that Tess and Joel don't necessarily have the relationship Tess wants from Joel, which I think is interesting. Um, yeah. It just really shows how shut off Joel is to people. Where he's yeah. he's living with this woman, but it isn't. It's still there's still walls up for him. And I, I would say it's not even the the relationship that that Tess wanted. I, this is one that I just kind of assumed from what we, what little we saw of them in episode one and up to that point where she's calling him out, like, I know you don't feel the same way. And I was like, oh, well, I guess he might not because dot, 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 dot. But it was not what I expected from two people who seem to have a life together more so than just a life of, or a companionship of convenience, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it, it makes sense knowing that like he lost something so close to him and he's used to just losing everything around him that it's just not it's not worth it to him to relive those traumas again and again to to like, open his gotta, heart uh-huh <laughs> he's got to he's got to put that border around to to protect himself mhm and find Tommy in fine time. Fine Tommy. Mm-hmm. Another think, person who's disappeared because, on him. Because mm. that dang girl decided to cut off his communication to the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. But yes, they um I think they did a really good job, yeah, showing Tess and uh Joel's relationship and so much so that again, we had another shocking character death that I'm sure Robert again you were not expecting. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. No. I was um, like, well, I guess we're keep this up, knock her off the scorecard. Uh-huh. All right. Well, there yep. we go. Yep. This episode had my least favorite thing of the entire oh, series. Oh, no, I don't it. want to talk about that. We so had to talk gross. about the zombie kiss. Oh, it's not a, I, the cordyceps I, coming out of the mouth uh-huh. and connecting with someone else's cordyceps did not happen in the game. I just, I just don't get why, like, Okay, I do understand. With the mama cordyceps and the daddy cordyceps? No. Why is the infected just like, oh, I'm going to get up on this? There's I a think it's meant to show a couple things. Girl. That there's different kind of infected, because you have the runners who are going crazy. You have these types that are more just like ramblers walking in. They're not quite as crazy. I guess, and to, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. And then to show that interconnectedness of the cordyceps and their, well, their and also connectivity. Yeah, well, and, and also, also they, they yeah, want to... Yeah, and it's just creepy as hell. <laughs> well, and not only that, too, but, like, the, the show creators even, like, came out and said that they wanted to show everybody that, like, by nature, the fungus is not violent. 
it can be violent when violence is shown to them, but it's not because it just wants to create and it wants to just expand and make more and spread that it, it's a way of showing that it also is like beautiful. I don't, I don't yeah, agree. I don't agree with it, but that's what they said. Wait. That's why they made it's it that a, way. If an uninfected walked right through without violence, they would well, not it recognized. Well, it it recognized the um, it recognized the the infection already in her, and so and she wasn't acting violent. She was just standing there, and so that's why he just walked up to her calmly, like that. So that I don't agree with it. I don't like it, but that's what it is. It gave me the so that makes me think of um, oh, I just had the name of it. Uh, I am Legend, the original, oh. the original I am Legend with Vincent Price. Uh, I haven't seen that one. No, I'm sorry. Last Man on Earth, which is the oh. original version of I Am Legend, with Vincent Price, which is a lot closer to the actual storyline than the Will Smith version was. But the creatures in that were, in a similar way to the uh, way the Cordyceps took over um, in Last of Us, the the infected in Last Man on Earth were you know becoming the new dominant species on earth and um vincent price's character was fighting it you know the best he could and they're just like we are you know they're just like we are the new thing and they were not all unlike the will smith version where they're they see you die because they're going to run after you chase you to death beat down your door uh, these were just you know they'd be like slow zombies i guess would be the easiest way to describe it but they were also very coherent so they were not just like shambling monsters these were actually thinking you know living beings that were rational and like this is why we were doing this you know we are the new generation get with the program or get busy dying interesting so that's an interesting uh thing that it's nice to hear that it was a little different in the tv show than the game mm -hmm. but it does remind me very much of that yeah no, definitely. Um, I mean, and even just uh, to kind of touch a little bit more on what Steph was saying about the different types of zombies too. Like the show creators even said too, that when they, when they do season two, when they continue the story that they are going to try and show more zombies or infected, sorry. And I really hope they do because there are some unique infected in the last of us part two. I'll give you just two words and let your mind wander. Robert. No, don't say it. No. I know. Say it. Say it. I know what she's going to say. Rat King. <laughs> yes, the Rat oh King. Gosh. Okay, so okay. let's move on. Let's move if on they to. They don't show the Rat King. They have to because it's like the worst to. fight ever. Okay, okay. Okay, we're so not talking about fun. part two. We're not talking about part two. I want to, but we're not going to. Episode three. <laughs> okay, episode three. I just like this episode was very controversial. I think it was one of the most controversial episodes of this whole series for a number of reasons. I think one of the big reasons though, is that it deviated from the story a lot. Correct. However, what a freaking beautiful episode that was. Robert, to catch you, I don't know, to uh, catch everyone up in the game or yeah. Uh, they meet up with Bill, Ellie and mm -hmm. um, Joel. Joel, shoot, sorry. Ellie and Joel meet up with Bill and he helps them find the trucks and supplies they need. Frank is gone. They come across 
his like body note. Ha- hanging. And a, it's basically a suicide note to Frank. Okay. So it's it's a really dark storyline. And but, pretty much all that says is that Joel's like, did you know that guy? And uh, Bill says he was my partner. But they don't say anything else. Like, it's not... Okay. Partner obviously can mean a couple different things. They don't expound on it at all. And so, yeah, and again... talking about my business partner as my partner and just leave it ambiguous. <laughs> and figure it out. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, to be honest, at that point, um, Tess was Joel's partner. Yeah. Yeah. And in a number of ways. In a number of ways, again. But I, I will say, coming into this cold... I did not expect such a dynamic shift in tone for the for the show from we've just, you know, barely got out of the building alive at the end of episode two to here's an idyllic suburban community being maintained by this one guy mm-hmm. until yeah. another guy shows up. And I have referred to this for people when I'm trying to tell them about when I was trying to tell them about it when it aired as so you remember that first ten minutes of up that ripped your heart out? <laughs> This is that for this show. That's a really yes. good explanation. 100%. I like that. I and like that. It, it's totally because you get such an encapsulated view of what the world still in a very, very selective sense could be. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, hey, we're going to rip that away from you and take you back to, to you're like, wait, what? No, but the, the people and, and the strawberries and, and come on, guys. <laughs> well, and they like showed yeah. every, like how it evolved in that 20 years. Like I really yes. liked seeing that whole time span of like Bill's um, like his journey there because it shows like what happened on, you know, outbreak day number one. And then all the way, you know, it kind of gave us that that journey along. And I, I actually really appreciated that, too, because it showed it showed somebody going through that. Whereas with Joel, it was just like, bam, bam. Now we're 20 years later. And I think that Bill represented kind of an anti-Joel because even before everything broke out, he was just like, I hate people. And you're just like, OK. Right. All right, yeah. and you've got it. You've got. He a was very, a doomsday you know, prepper. <laughs> he was totally a doomsday prepper, but he was also the most prepared person for this I have ever seen in any kind of post-apocalyptic thing like this ever. It's just like, wow, you were. And Ellie you're even like, called I it. I want to be like, that person. You're like this guy just has all the stuff, and he's like, he was, he was the man. And then knowing, you know, getting to see Bill go from, are you infected? You know, okay, well, you can have a meal, then you got to get out to to slowly opening up to Frank in the tiniest of ways and then watching that evolve over the next 20 years. It was, I mean, it was lovely to watch. Um, I know why a number of people might have been like, well, I, I guess we'll be, won't be watching this show anymore. But that's unfortunate because it was really just a lovely thing to watch all the way around and so it's outside of the very brief glimpse you got of when um some of the infected showed up and then when when the raiders showed up the violence that bill was capable of yeah and then it just goes back to living his life and you know rebuilding parts of the town and you know why do we need this and that we have what we need here we're good and then frank just kind of going but there's more we can do to make this, mm-hmm. this is our home. We should, you know, not just be relegated to this, 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 and this, if we have all of this available to us. Mm-hmm. And watching Frank take that small crack that opened when he first showed up and open the door and build something with with Bill. 
Well, and it was cool too, to kind of see <clears throat> Joel and Tess and how they got to know them. Mm-hmm. And now they were part of that story as well. Um, so that was, that was kind of a fun moment to, to see them come over and they're having like a little like garden party, <laughs> hey, <laughs> the but, but like Bill hates it. He's so mad. Bill, and Bill both hate it. I, Bill? I just, I just love what he says. We will have friends. <laughs> no, we will have friends. Yes. <laughs> they Bill are coming over. Absolutely a foil for Joel. And I think in the game, you see what Joel could become. If he chooses not to help, or if he chooses to drop off Ellie and be done, you see this, go back to the darkness, lose the people that he showed a little bit of care for, um, find their dead body. Like you can see this darkness. And so I really, really like this change that um, Mason and Druckmann did, because instead it showed another foil for Joel where it's more hopeful and you can have more than just what you were having in Boston. You can have more than that. There's more out there, but you do have to be willing to open up. And so for me, it turned this dark storyline, which was great, um, but into something with much more light. And that's the whole the whole thing of this show. When you're in the darkness, look for the light. Mm-hmm. And they added a lot of lightness to the story. Well, and even to show like what um, loving somebody and opening up and bringing them into your life and into your heart and how that should be like the most important thing. And so that episode is also kind of a way and like an example for Joel to be like, Hey, you know, you can let Ellie in and you can open up your heart and, and love someone else again. You can have like, you know, you can still love Sarah and you can also love Ellie kind of thing. And so I thought that was, Definitely an interesting aspect, especially where they changed it, where Bill was, um, you know, he had chosen to end his life to to die with Frank. So that way they could die together happy, which was just very like sad and also very happy at the same time. And then for Joel then to come meet up with them. Like, so that was kind of an interesting thing. It's like, no, I wanted to see that like interaction. I wanted to see Bill and, and Joel meet up again. I wanted to see Bill meet Ellie, but I guess, you know, just to make it a little bit more impactful and make a little bit better story, they decided to to change it and, and have Bill and Frank's story end together. It was also uh, for me, um, an interesting breather, like, like a timeout from you just had the, you know, had Joel and Ellie escape the infected at the at the building where they were going to meet the fireflies and lose tests at the same time and then all of a sudden you get something that is serene and calm and different and then you get kansas city yeah and that it was like interlude that's the word i'm looking for it was an interesting little interlude of like an oasis of calm in a violent dark world um and nick offerman and murray bartlett were brilliant um i didn't recognize it till but murray bartlett has been in quite a bit uh, he just did white lotus um i didn't realize that until like way after the fact i was like wait a second (laughs) yeah so and then nick offerman is just nick offerman yeah so they chose such great people and i definitely 
yeah, when they chose Nick Offerman to play Bill, I'm like, I, I'm excited. I don't know how, and he just pulls it off so well. It, this was, it was such, it was such a good episode. I, again, tears, tears. Oh, definitely. It was definitely like an unexpected emotional episode as well. Like, again, the whole time I was sitting there, like, just totally like entranced because it was really, it was very well told in like what, an hour and a half. And then like it ends. And then you're like, wait, wait, what is, wait a second. Like, (laughs) what about, wait, Joel and Ellie? And like, I don't know. It was just very like, it was just very unexpected, but the more and more I've like sat on it and thought about it, the more I'm like, you know what? I'm fine. I'm fine with what they did. At first I was like, blah. <laughs> one review, um, well, something I just came across in one of the reviews for this was a supremely effective portrayal of the concept that without love, living is merely surviving. And that is the perfect expression of Joel is surviving. He has right. become, he's become a survivor. Whereas Bill and Frank lived and they had beauty in their lives. And it was, it was really also, it's one of the small touches, seeing Frank do pictures, paint pictures of Bill as their relationship went on until he couldn't paint anymore. And his last painting of Bill, that was just very abstract because it was all he could do. Right. But it was still his expression of, I love this man. This is, this is what, I'm, what I'm doing as an expression of it. I think that's probably also why they chose to have um, Bill die with Frank is because as a doomsday prepper, your number one, your number one thing is survival, mm-hmm. getting all the stuff you need to survive. And then Bill with the help of Frank realizes that, that that's not all there is to life, that um, he gets to do this on, in his own terms. And so, yeah, I was so sad that they died um but also so happy that they could do it together and what kind of life would have bill had post frank um going back to who he was before then or could he even at that point yeah yeah definitely i think we can all agree that this episode was not what we expected but ended up being just tucked on your heartstrings for sure yeah oh yeah I know everyone that I've talked to, like, they're just like, what? <laughs> um, hmm. Episodes four and five, also known as more black people survive the apocalypse. Hey! <laughs> Huzzah! Not oh my goodness. Mean. So this already, like, okay, episode four and five. So they get to Kansas City, which is also Pittsburgh in the game. But that's fine. It, it it still worked because you just needed a city, right? But again, they did this thing where they humanized the enemies. And I thought that was such an interesting feature because like Kathleen, who the, who the crap is Kathleen? She's a made up character. I'm but, obsessed with Kathleen. But like, <clears throat> but yeah, they brought in this character of Kathleen who is like, like kind of what Robert was saying at, um, earlier in the episode that um, she's part of this like anarchists group in Kansas City. They they were just like days before had taken over Fedra and they 
pretty much did to Fedra what Fedra was doing to them, which is like, is that right? Is that right? I don't know. But either way, again, these ethical questions. We we jump into this city and like it is not that organized. <laughs> it's well, still. It was, it was interesting though because. It was organized enough when they got in there because everything was quiet as they were approaching Kansas City. That's true. And then they get in and they're driving a little further in and they're being herded is the thing. That is true. And if you look at how, you know, they're like, well, if we're going here, we can see what's in the city. There were very definite paths that they were being, you know, herded into that uh, kill zone, that kill box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, Fedra had their version of order and... Um, Kathleen and her crew had their version of order and there the tween should meet. But, you know, you get in there and then it's like, oh, it's, it's game on. And Joel recognizes a little too late what's happening. Right. You know, he's, he's, I think we're starting to see the first chinks in his armor where he's starting to soften a bit and, and relax just a little too much. And then he realizes when Ellie calls it out that, oh, I know what this is. And he gets defensive or take starts taking defensive, you know, defensive driving, um, putting him, you know, when they crash, getting into a defensive position for him to be able to shoot effectively and to to keep her safe. Mm-hmm. Because at this point for her, she is still cargo. Yeah. Is it the beginning of this episode that they go into the convenience store for Joel yeah. to find his stuff? Mm-hmm. No, that, Ellie- was no, that was episode three. 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 three? Okay. It's okay. the very, very beginning of three, yeah. Anyways, and well, Ellie finds... Ellie finds the clicker and stabs it. Um, but also part one of my well, two of my favorite one of my like favorite things is she finds a package of tampons and mm-hmm. just grabs it. And it's just like such a, a, a you're just like, yeah, in an apocalypse, I would want to find that so badly. Oh, <laughs> it's yes. just kind of some like levity. And is that when she finds the joke book too? Ah, uh, where does she find no, that joke she, book? No, she already had the joke book. Okay, she had be- one. Because then you do start to see mm-hmm. her and Joel buddying up with these stupid puns. but Or she's trying to get him yeah. to, and you <laughs> to get react. To see kind of the cute side of Ellie. And then you get to see, yeah, Joel, yeah, Joel kind of chilling out, uh, defrosting a little bit. And then, yeah, you see that what can happen when you're not always on on your game well and they're in the car so yeah like we have to remember like they came from massachusetts to kansas city and all in the car so they were in there for quite some time a lot of hours together so they definitely got to spend more time together leading up into that point that would have been assuming no complications and driving much like when i moved out here that would have been about four to five days Wow, how was a depending depending on how long they drove. And I would assume sun up to sundown and find some place just before sundown to hole up, fortify yourselves, etc. So let's call it eight to nine hours a day. That's about at least three, most likely four days out of Boston. Wow. Well, and not to mention if the roads were all clear too. Also true. Mm-hmm. Which we know they weren't because they had to backtrack a couple of times. And then when we're in KC, we get introduced to, yeah, Kathleen, like Marley was saying. And first of all, Melanie Linsky is so (laughs) bomb in this role. Mm -hmm. I love the fact Melanie Linsky is this round-cheeked, 
kind of a higher voice woman. She is not what you would call a threatening woman. She, I don't think she's been cast in much of a threatening role. Mm -mm. And in this, you are terrified of her. You are just, she holds back nothing. And uh, in fact, you see her go and like shoot a doctor who's an old man who's begging for his life just um, because of a, not just an inconvenience, but because uh, she found out he wasn't being truthful to her. And Ooh, that's when you know. Is there only doctor too? Right. Like, <laughs> why did she do that? I don't even know. Uh, because she's out seeking revenge. Yep. <sighs> yep. She, she wants that guy dead. She wants Henry. She wants all it, information on, on any so, of the informers. Yeah. And it's just so crazy to me that like <clears throat> she is so out to get these people that she is willing to go against anything to, to logic like, yeah any kind of logic but, it, but and, it's not so much people she's, blindly follow her but i mean she's very, it's it's her narrow focus i mean it's it's henry wronged me i've i must have revenge but her her focus becomes not necessarily the greater good because anybody at that point would have been like okay well he's he's messed with us he's done all these things and she just can't let that go. So I think that the desire to exact revenge overrides her ability to think effectively about anything else greater good until Joel shows up and it's like, oh, wait, there's a new player in town. I also think it's the fact that if she shows mercy, she knows that people won't take her seriously. Like yeah. oh, there has to be this dictatorship where no one can question her and no one, no one did. But you, but you also have that moment where, you know, Perry goes and shows her this boarded up room that there's obviously infected trying to come out of the floor. Yeah, yeah. And she's just like, no, not priority. <laughs> we don't, we don't know how many infected are down there. It could be, you know, all the rumors of. The infected literally being driven down into the tunnels, into mm-hmm. the tunnels, and I don't care about this right now. This overrides that. Well, like, and at this point, how is that the bigger threat? Well, and at this because point, we don't know. We don't know what Henry did. We don't find out what Henry did until episode five. So in I, episode four, the whole time we're just like, "Why is Kathleen being this way?" Like, obviously, she's mad at someone and trying to find him, but like, we don't really know why. I also think it introduces, you're talking about she killed the doctor. It introduces this idea that if you are sick or hurt, are you useful to the community? Are you needed? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And that's that's really dark. Uh, Well, we hear later on in episode five how she feels about children. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like children die. Which is so poetic. Children die all the time. God. Which is so po- uh, poetic, like how she died in that moment. Yeah, I know, oh, right? <laughs> I loved her. I was so happy when she died as well. I think it was much very well deserved. So I feel like in episode four, like the best parts of it, because it, honestly, it was kind of a boring episode. I'm not going to lie. Like it was interesting to see them like get into Kansas City and like the whole like trap and there's some shooting like a shootout and everything but other than that like not that much happens except for some really good jelly moments 
you know, they have some different moments where they get to kind of stop and talk and check in with each other. You start to see like what's going on with their relationship and trying to like, cause neither of them are the type that like come right out and say how they're feeling. They just really don't. And so it was just nice to be able to see some of those quieter moments um, with those two to, to see that forming. Yeah. And it's also where we learned that it wasn't the first time that she shot somebody. Right. Yeah. Because well, she shoots the guy who's attacking Joel. Mm-hmm. It's not the, not the, not just the clicker in the convenience store that she says, cause Joel's like, you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to take on this burden. This is not something for a kid. And she's like, it's not the first time I've had to shoot somebody and just closes off the conversation after mm-hmm. that. Well, and like, those of us who've played, because the whole thing with Ellie and Riley and what happened before and how she got DLC. bit is actually is actually a DLC of the game that they released like a couple years, a year after the game. And so... Oh, that's why I was confused, because I was like, when you didn't, I don't remember Did you this. not play the yeah. DLC? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh, the DLC is so good. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, there's like this whole other thing um we'll get there we'll get there eventually when we get to that episode but like um yeah so like knowing those of us who like have played the dlc and know the story of how ellie got bit and what happened how she got infected in the first place and so hearing her like kind of say that comment like no this isn't the first time i've had to shoot someone and then just immediately cut off i knew right there what she was talking about and but it was still like are you going to say more? Like, when are we going to get to to do more of this? But you can just tell, like, she's not ready yet. Well, and it's this kind of, like, vision. Fish, I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. But of Joel being like, you shouldn't have to do this. This isn't for children. And Ellie being like, but this is my world. This is this is the world yeah. I'm living. Like, mm-hmm. I might need to know this. You can't, you, you can't always be there to protect me. Let me help you. Um which is kind of touching because you do see some of that like fatherliness coming out of Joel and Ellie also being like, I like, I can help. Let me help. Yeah. She'd always wanted to help. And Joel was always trying to keep her. I mean, not, he saw her mostly as cargo, but he also tried, was trying to protect the little girl that he sees. Yeah. And this is the first time that we saw him realize the little girl has grown up at least to some degree and accepts that. And in a way, this isn't Sarah. This is Ellie. Yeah. Well, and I think he doesn't, he doesn't quite trust her either. He doesn't know what she's That's capable fair. of because she hasn't shown him. She hasn't had the chance to show him, which she won't for a little while. And then he can see, Oh dang, she is capable. And at the same time though, I want to protect her and do what I can, but I have a bit more trust in her that she can handle herself, <laughs> but that, that hasn't come yet. <laughs> Do we get introduced to Sam and Henry at the end of season or episode yes. four? Episode four. Yeah. yeah. Because they, um, Joel and Ellie find a place to hole up for the night. Oh yes. Yes. And then they get woken up because Sam and Henry snuck in and then have them at gunpoint. And then the episode ends. Okay. So, it's really cute. You see, uh, I guess it isn't too cute, but you see Sam pointing the gun and he has the red across <laughs> his eyes. Hero. 
And at first you kind of feel like, well, maybe it's kind of like a nod to like war paint or just like a way you don't like, you just kind of think it's a child, child, like kid thing or camouflage or something like that. And then you start to see their story, see the superheroes drawn and you do realize that it, yeah, it's the superhero and you're just like, Oh my God. Yeah. It's his little mask. It's cute. Yeah. So then we gun at a living being human. (laughs) Yes, we get introduced to Henry and Sam, who are brothers, and they are trying to get out of the city, and so are Joel and Ellie, and they're like, okay, let's get out of the city together and avoid all these people who are trying to kill us. (laughs) But at the same time, Joel is like, I don't totally trust you. But then you see Ellie and Sam over there, like, having fun and joking around. Like being children? Yeah. Yes. Mm Yep. Oh, yeah, especially when they eventually go down into the tunnels and they find that abandoned um, settlement daycare that was down there. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, it was daycare. a full on settlement. And they they first walked into like the daycare kind of area. Um, so they. <clears throat> I just lost my train of thought. Oh, and even they have like a moment to kind of like they play soccer and they like joke around and like look at comic books together. And so that's and really, that's really what they mostly bonded was when they both realized they both like the same comic book. Endure yep. and survive. Yeah. Um, in the game, just so you know, Sam isn't deaf, which is kind of a yeah, an interesting thing. And even like Neil Druckmann was like, This was something so simple. Why didn't I think of that when I was making this game? Because it really just did it add another layer to the character, but also add another layer of dependency of Sam on Henry and Henry needing to protect Sam. Like it just deepens that bond. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. You get to see these brothers and what a brother will do for the other first for his younger brother. And I think that's a interesting juxtaposition to Tommy and Joel as well because we see it in the first episode where you see Tommy and then you have Joel's I think Joel's secondary quest outside of I've got to deliver Ellie is I've got to find Tommy and what is he willing to go through to what he feels is protect his little brother (laughs) at this point because he's sort of you know do I need to go save him so I find I thought that the um, contrast of Henry and Sam and Joel and Tommy in that way was really interesting to look at. Yeah, I agree. They, I think Sam and Henry kind of take your heart and make you so sad. Again, sad to see what kind of world people have to live in. Um and you find out that Henry ratted out Kathleen's brother um, to get to Phaedra. What, cancer, cancer medication for his little brother. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so again, <laughs> these these existential questions of like, what what would I be willing to do? H- Henry knew damn well that Kathleen's brother would die if he turned him in. That wasn't a question. But he had to do what he had to do. Again, you see that like choice that someone makes for someone they love in order to save them and to protect them. And it's not always the easy choice. So like this, this show is all about 
what we do for the ones we love <laughs> over and over again. The whole underground scenes were giving me so much anxiety because if there was an infected down there, what? Where are you going to go? Yeah. Did you play the game? Yes, but still, hardly still. There's a lot of infected down there, but they they skipped that in the show. In fact, fun tidbit, in the game, so they, they did a remake that was released last year of part one, and I played through it, and you're in that scene down there and you're, I, I noticed there was a different kind of zombie that was introduced in part two that was never in part one. And I'm like, wait a second, what is happening here? They brought in stalkers, the stalker oh, type yeah, zombies yeah. into that scene in part one. And I was like, I was freaking out. And I was like, no, I want to have like a nice moment where I just had to kill a couple <laughs> zombies and keep moving along with Henry and Sam. But no, I had to be stalked. It was terrifying, but well done. <laughs> did, it, did, it, did it make for, did it change the experience enough for you to find new enjoyment in, in a situation that you had played through previously? And then paid $70 outside of being terrified. Oh, I, I pay a lot of money for that. I wanted to get the $100 um, version, but it was all sold out very quickly. But anyways, um, I, I yeah, I think it, it was a little bit better. But at the same time, I just employed the same tactic I used in part two. And that is I equipped Joel's shotgun. I hold myself up in a corner. I let them come to me and I shot them one by one. <laughs> Instead of letting them chase me, I just let that like, or trying to, you know, find them and then they jump out at me. I just let them come to me and just bam, bam, bam. <laughs> it's effective. <laughs> All right. Nice. Anyway. Um, so then so where do we get after that? They decide to team up, they're underground, and then they mm -hmm. come out um, and start heading out of the city. And then they get, there's the shooter in the house. Oh, the sniper. That old, old, old man. <laughs> that Joel just, pew. I guess, I mean, he told him to stop and he didn't stop. So what do you do? He doing? tried. He tried to yeah, give him an out. He tried. Yeah. But then he turned his gun and then Joel's like, nope. Psh. Yeah. <laughs> We're done here. Not even going to give this a shot. Yeah. And then, um, and well, then the Kathleen and the company show up. Yeah. And all this zombie. The burst through the ground. Well, well, no, because Kathleen's troops start chasing uh, Henry, Sam, and Ellie, and Ellie. towards yeah. the house. Yes. Joel is like, okay, so how do I handle this? And with all the noise that uh, the, the posse is making, you get that sinkhole under one house, and all of a sudden, it's it's infected party. Woohoo! And, and it's oh, like, man. well... That looks hor horrifying. And everybody who's on the ground, I'm sorry. It was nice knowing you. I guess this is where the game ends. Okay, well, nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it was amazing, though. That whole scene. It was so cool. Like, even just, like, just, oh. I, well, I loved seeing actual, like, infected again. And they're actually having to fight them. And then you also get to see Joel do a little bit more. You know, he was being a sniper up there and he was showing also some of his skill set, which we just hadn't really gotten that much in the game. I mean, in the show. And so it was kind of nice to see that side of Joel a little bit more in the TV show. Well, and Joel popping them off one by one. That's directly from the game at one mm -hmm. point where yeah. you where you have to hold yourself up in the house and shoot 
infected as they come towards you. And bad guys. Yeah. Um, you also see one of the most horrifying things of all, which is a child infected. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the bloater. Oh, <laughs> I got okay, excited. I mean, uh, the bloater that everyone is like in love with. Yeah. What in the world <laughs> is wrong with the internet? A lot. That's a lot. Internet? The internet's in like in 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 love, love. Oh, they think he is fine, like daddy fine. Wow. Yep. Tonight Wait. I learned. Yeah. But yes, the child okay. flicker, the contortionist. Holy crap, that was terrifying. Yeah. And that's who yeah, eventually there's... kills Kathleen, oh. and it just all comes full circle, and you're like, so beautiful. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, as soon as you see time. her just like crawling through the window, I was like, nope, nope, <laughs> yeah, nope. Like, I I know this isn't gonna end here, but like, oh my goodness, why is this creepy thing coming coming at? Like, well, and I yelled at the TV, she shouldn't be moving like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my man. gosh, it is. It's a great scene for the infected, and they uh they win that scene it, yeah well in the the bloater uh is is much more powerful in this than the mm -hmm. video game well because like, we never see him die we don't ever yeah. see him being taken down it's and by this point in the game we've taken out like four or five yeah and like you're literally like pelting this this bloater and He's not taking any damage. Like, he's not even slowing down. <laughs> it's a combination of Molotov cocktails and shotgun shells. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> That's how you take a bloater down. Um, did we mention that um, Perry, the character, is played by the guy who voices Tommy in the game? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't think yeah. I knew that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he, he voices Tommy. So that was That's fun cool. that they got that voice actor in inserted as well but he got ripped in half by the bloater <laughs> which you were yeah. fine with we're all fine with that yeah now i know uh, i i kind of liked perry like i i would have liked him more if he would have killed kathleen and taken over oh, <laughs> but you know for like part. a puppy they <laughs> shot all those people that she was holding hostage for her yeah, yeah. that is true and he's like shouldn't we like not and she's like no, listen to me. <laughs> yeah. And well, call and me ma'am. Well, and it's in that moment where there is a scuffle between some infected and Henry, Sam, and Ellie. And um, Sam, we find out, gets bit. But we don't know that at that point. So they escape. The four of them, they get away. They hole up in a house for the night. And Ellie and Sam have like this really, really nice conversation. So adorable. I love it. And they're just like talking about like, you know, just real things, you know? And he even asks her like, what are you, what are you most afraid of? Cause you never seem to be afraid. And she's like, oh no, I'm, I am scared. And she's like, I'm scared of ending up alone. <laughs> Which just is uh, some foreshadowing. Um, but at the same time, like, it's also just like really hard, like really just like hits you right here, especially for what comes next. But well, to, to hold on to that for just a second, to look at, it's the first time we've actually seen somebody, seen Ellie relating to somebody her mm. age. Mm -hmm. So she's, it's, her walls are down because she doesn't have to defend herself against an adult. That's right. true. Yeah. And Henry 
sorry, Sam, for the first time, has somebody who's not just his brother mm-hmm. to engage with and that he started clicking with on, on you know, just a multiple levels of we have these common interests and we're roughly, you know, more or less the same age or around the same age. And it was interesting to see them come out of their respective shells and just be kids for the moments in the underground and the moments in the hotel where they're just being kids. And then it segues into that conversation where Sam lets Ellie know in unknown certain terms that he's scared of what is, you know, what the world is around him, what's going on and what he's becoming. Mm-hmm. It's, it's super heartbreaking knowing where Ellie comes from. She doesn't have parents that took care of her. Uh, She had, we don't know it then, but she had to kill her best friend. Mm -hmm. She is considered cargo by Joel, who she is becoming attached to, but knows the way that he feels about her. You can absolutely see why being alone is her biggest fear. Mm -hmm. Um, And at this point too, they've kind of decided that, uh, Henry and Sam are going to be going forward with them. So it is like you said, Robert, a way where she finally can like let down some walls and just connect with this kid as a kid and be like, Hey, we're going to be buddies for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, thank goodness. I have someone else to be on my side. Well, and he asks that question too, that definitely pulls at your heartstrings again is he asks like, do you think you're still you inside when you like if you get infected and you're just like oh, oh no oh yeah. my gosh and it just it gets you it really does and especially because then yeah they cut to they like go to sleep no, then, no no no, no? Is before there that before no. that so he does that mm. and so that's when ellie shows him her arm oh, and she says my blood is medicine and cuts herself and like <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be a, i'm going to save you yeah so you get the scene of her not understanding what has to happen for, you know, in terms of medically to make this work. Just like my blood is medicine. Here we go. And then she we just cut wants to, the to scene. try anything. Yeah. And yeah. then we get to the scene of the next morning. Right. And she, yeah, she wakes up and he's just not responsive and he's just sitting there on his bed. It looks like he's just staring out at the sunlight and I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, and, and you know, not knowing where this was going, I'm like, oh, maybe this actually worked. And then you get the, oh, no, no, that did not. Oh, ouch. Oh. I think it also gives you a little foreshadow because they're going to Salt Lake City to find a doctor. Ellie just thinks it will be her blood in a way. And I think we know that that's not the case know that that it won't it oh yeah i, I, I would admit to being naive on them just like oh okay well they'll go and they'll draw some blood and they'll do some yeah, tests they'll and, figure it out and they'll science it <laughs> it'll be okay science I, it <laughs> i think in a way that that when you get to the end of this series sorry to jump forward to the end of the season but when she's asking joel the truth like if he's telling the truth about what happened in salt lake she's going to turn back to this this moment and be like it's not my blood. It, it, yeah. So, anyways, just a little foreshadow for what's what's coming up. Um, it, Henry and Sam. It's one of the most heartbreaking things. You know what's going to happen. 
or I knew it was going to happen. I mm-hmm. didn't. I was disappointed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So there's another couple of characters that just right off the bat were gone. So I bet you were in shock as well. Just knowing like, well, oh my gosh, are they going to, is everyone they, they meet going to die? <laughs> well, it was, it was even more than that because it was, it was, like I said, you, you wake up or they should, they cut back to um, Sam and Ellie in the room and Sam's just sitting on the bed, looking out the window. I'm like, oh, there's hope. And then they just go, nope, nope, no hope for you. No hope for you. Yep. And you get the, the fight with, you know, as Ellie and Sam burst out of the room, Joel and Henry are like, what's going on here? And you see the realization on Henry's face of, oh no, I had one job and that was to protect my brother and I failed. And you, Joel goes into, you know, Joel mode. And then, you know, they have, and then Henry shoots Sam, which I'm like, that's a gut punch. And then the look of loss, frustration, confusion, and all of the emotions that swirl around that for Henry of, but, 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 and his inability to process that. And then it all comes together. And he's like, there's only one thing I can do. And, and you're just like, no, no, no. Wow. That yeah. happened too. Yep. It, it was, for those of us who hadn't played the game, it was, it was, I didn't see either of those. I, I held up the hope that they would make it and that they'd have traveling buddies for a while. And much like Charlie Brown getting the football ripped out from in front of him, he's like, nope, that's not going to happen. I have played the games and my husband said to me at least a hundred times, Stephanie, you've seen this game, you know, what's going to happen, but I was still, it's, it's still heartbreaking. It's still oh, so, for sure. So, uh, I still, I still was crying in this episode, (laughs) even though I knew exactly what was happening. Yeah. Well, and part, part of you goes and thinks like it in that moment, like before like like that prior night, if Ellie would have said something, he could have at least had some time and some closure. Right. Um, But instead that was almost like taken away from him. To where now his last moments are just this traumatic, traumatic, ugly moment. But in a way, I would almost want it to be that way. Because knowing that I would have to kill my brother, would I be able to do that in the end? Um, And he would still have those thoughts of what is my purpose now that my brother is dead. Should I kill myself? Like, I, I don't know that again, yeah. can I go on living? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know the right answer to that. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. S- saying goodbye. Like you said, could have a lot of closure, but also so much heartbreak. So I don't, it, it's well. And at the very end of this episode, um, you know, Joel and Ellie, they dug, they dug graves and, and buried Henry and Sam and, kind of had, you know, a nice moment where they, you know, kind of said their goodbyes and paid their respects. And you kind of see this change in Ellie. She's now more determined to find something that her, that she knows that she can do mm-hmm. because she's immune to this, infect like this infection. So she knows, she knows that she, that she's special. 
-hmm. She doesn't know how, but she just knows that she wants to try. And so you see her like, okay, let's go, let's keep going. And so she kind of like barrels off and Joel's like, okay. But even before that, you know, <laughs> when, they're, when they're finishing with the graves, when she takes um, Sam's little uh, flip drawing thing and just writes, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. and then walks off and Joel's just kind of like, and looks down and sees it. And you see yeah. the look of confusion on his face, on his face of like, what is she sorry happened. for? Yeah. Something yeah. happened that I, I don't know what it is. And she's, she now has that steely determination that you said, like, I can do something about this and, you know, people don't have to die anymore. Let's go. And off they walk into the sunset. And so, you, hear the, you hear the incredible Hulk music playing in the background. Oh my gosh. You walk down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lamar Johnson is who played Henry. And then uh, Kevin Woodward is who played uh, Sam. And they were both, they both just did fantastic. And mm -hmm. I think it's actually really important to note that Kevin Woodard, Woodard, I think it's pronounced. Um, is deaf. It's deaf in real life. Mm -hmm. And there, there was reports of like the casting crew mm -hmm. trying to learn some sign language to make him feel uh, more at peace on set. And that was mm -hmm. just one of those little tidbits I love that. that warms your heart. I love it. Well, I, we still have some more to cover, but I think we should break this up into two episodes, if that is okay you, with you guys. You think we're about an hour and a half into it and only covered. Yeah. And we've still got three episodes to go. Uh, yeah. Three of the four, four biggest episodes. Four of the oh, biggest yeah, four, episodes. Sorry, four, yeah. <laughs> so we are definitely going to do a part two of this episode here on Age of Geek. Because there's more to talk about, and we just we don't have the time. We're we're gonna we're gonna make the time for next time. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot of fun talking about this show. As you can tell, uh, we have a lot to say. Mm -hmm. Have a lot of opinions, <laughs> I love it. which is why we started a podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot more hope and joy to talk about in the upcoming episodes. So much, so much. So, okay. Oh, Colin. Thank you guys for listening to us. Um, if you want to talk more, we actually have a thread that's dedicated to this show on our Discord channel. And uh, we talk all things Last of Us, and there are spoilers there. So you can join our Discord at discord.ageofgeek.com. Um, if you're watching the video, the little link is floating down below Colin and Robert's faces. And, um, yeah, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And I don't know. Anything else, you guys? We good? Did I get everything? See you guys next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for Thanks listening, for everybody. Bye. Bye. This has been an Age of Geek media production.